So this morning, um, well, and for the last several weeks, we have been journeying through the season of Lent by looking at some of our favorite hymns and some of the very powerful phrases within those hymns that teach us who we are and who God is and about our relationship with God. The inspiration for this series comes from a Lytton devotional book um, revealed until, unrevealed until it's seasoned by Reverend James Howell. He's one of the pastors, senior pastor at Myers Park United Methodist in Charlotte. And this week's hymns, uh, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, All Creatures of Our God and King, which we sang at the beginning of the service this morning, all songs um, about creation and the beauty and, and wonder of creation. You know, as we think about this time that we're in and, and the world around us right now, everything is coming back to life. And yet James muses, the author muses, how, how dissonant that seems with our focus during Lent on ashes and dust and wilderness and repentance and death. You know, I feel that tension too as I look out my front door and I see the smiling New Guinea impatience and, and the winged elm tree. All creatures of our God and King filled with images of nature. The lyrics are a translation of uh, St. Francis's poem, A Canticle to the Sun. And you can feel his love of all creation in these verses. Oh, brother sun with golden beam, oh, sister moon with silver gleam, the flowers and fruits that in thee grow, let them God's glory also show. There's such a joy and a sense of interconnectedness between uh, creation and all of humanity. And then we go to verse 5. All ye who are of tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. Now that brings us back to Lent, right? We are created to praise God and all creation, to understand our connectedness with all creatures, and this includes people with whom we have experienced brokenness, people who have hurt us or people we have hurt, those who think differently than we do, the ones who are tough to love even. Forgiveness is apparently the way back to creation as God intended it to be. The letter to Colossians is written to a church that had wandered away somewhat from the faith. And the author wants to remind them of how they are to live, of the ethics of a Christian life, of the clothes to be put on, uh, the clothing of love, and, and of who God created them to be. So uh, take a listen as I read from Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's choice... The NRSV says, as God's chosen ones. Doesn't that make you feel loved? As God's chosen ones. Holy and loved. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other. And if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. 
As God forgave you, so also, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you were called. And be thankful people. The peace of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other in all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God and we the people of God say, thanks be to God. So I invite you now, will you bow your heads and pray for me in sharing this message with you as I pray for you in receiving it. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this section of Paul's letter um, is what many consider to be the heart of the letter. The author is basically saying, if you say you believe then this is how you will live. If Christ Christ dwells in you, then this is how you will clothe yourself. This is the, the coat that you will put on in the world. You know, I read these verses a lot at weddings because it's just a beautiful encouragement for a couple who are uh, committing to spend the rest of their lives together. But in this and all of the Pauline letters, the author is not so much talking about relationships between individuals, but he is talking about the relationship within the community as a whole. Listen again to the list and think about it primarily from the standpoint of interaction between and among a group of people. Put on compassion kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, forgive each other, and above all, put on love. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. These are words not so much about one-on-one interaction between individuals as they are about the body of Christ. How we are to live and breathe as a community of faith. And this section is more than a simple lesson in civility. Y'all be nice now. No, it's more, it's more than that. It's an admonition to the church to live a disciplined pattern of redemptive life together. This is not verses about conflict avoidance. It is not about putting on a happy face and just looking at the world as if the glass is half empty. It is how we are called to live day in and day out about being in relationship with one another, even when we disagree. And 
bearing with one another, forgiving one another. You know, we live in a time that gives a lot of lip service to kindness, humility, and patience, while in reality those, those qualities are not honored or honed. They are sometimes seen as proper etiquette while being completely ignored in real life. In my lifetime, I don't think I have seen in our nation a time or experienced a time when there has been such a quickness to anger, a lack of kindness and compassion toward others, proclivity to violence. It seems like these days it's no holds bar, barred and anything goes. People get completely unrestrained about what they say, no matter how vicious or hurtful or derogatory and people do what they want to do in any given moment. We've seen that this week in the news, in uh, uh, road rage right here in Gainesville on the Oscars last Sunday night, and in our uh, state and national partisan politics. St. Francis, uh, speaking of partisan politics, when he was writing this hymn, O Creatures of Our God and King, was seeing that in his community as well. And here's the backstory according to James Howell. After Francis composed this canticle, he and his friends prayed and sang it while walking the streets or heading to the market or doing their chores. And assuming that he had finished writing the song, Francis's friends were very puzzled when he added a verse with strict restrictions to his friars to sing the expanded version in the city, in the city square, on a certain day, knowing that both the bishop and the mayor would be there. Really, true story. The ears of the most powerful men in the city perked up, these two men, when they heard it and they knew that this verse was written for them. They had fallen into intense conflict with one another, spewing angry words and, and flinging accusations. What had Francis added for their benefit? What was that verse? Be praised, my Lord, for those who pardon through your love and bear witness and trial. Blessed are those who endure in peace, for they will be crowned by you most high. In our hymn this morning, um, all ye who are of tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. After the friars had finished singing their song, these two authorities met in the middle and, quote, with great kindness and love, they embraced and kissed each other. The disciplines of, of forgiveness and love and peace, they have to be practiced day in and day out in our community. They have to be ingrained in us, habitual, as a result of Christ dwelling in us. So when the rubber hits the road or when we are white-knuckled with hurt or fear or anger, we will still be able to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. This is not work for the faint of heart. I think about how the Amish community 
responded after the shooting of, uh, in the school when five children were killed in 2006. Terry Roberts was the mother of the shooter, Charlie. And she said that that very evening of the shooting, the Amish came to her home. And when she told them that she wanted to move out of the community, they encouraged her to remain there as a part of the community. Several of the Amish families attended her son's funeral, and she and her husband were welcomed into the funeral of um, those families, and even the one where they had lost two of their daughters in the shooting. And that family were the first to greet Terry and her husband at the funeral. You know, how could they do that, we wonder? How could they show that kind of forgiveness? How could they extend forgiveness to the family of, Char of Charlie Roberts, his parents, even his wife? How could they attend the funeral of the children who, of, of the person who harmed their children? And how could they embrace the parents at the funerals of their own daughters? We wonder about that. And mostly we wonder, I wonder if I could ever do that if I were in their shoes. But you see, for the Amish community, this wasn't an isolated act of forgiveness. They had been versed in forgiveness day in and day out. It was a way of life for them. It was something they had been practicing in their pattern of daily living as they lived together in redemptive community. Practice leads to habit, and habit forms muscle memory so that Christ doesn't come just to visit every once in a while, but actually to dwell within us. And so, step by step, day by day, our words and our actions become more consistent with who we say we are and what we say we believe. All ye who are of tender heart, Forgiving others take your part. Is forgiving others something that we, we do because we feel it? Or is it a part of who we are as Christians? Is loving others something we do only when it's convenient or when we're all in agreement with one another? Or is loving others the ground of our being and what we do? Paul says... It becomes a way of being as we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. That particular word, rule, is used only one time in the entire New Testament here. And it literally means, let the peace of Christ umpire your hearts. That means if the community of faith, the church, is our playing field where we most often play the game of life, then the peace of Christ is our umpire. Peace instructs us how to play by the rules. Just like the umpire decides what's, what's out of bounds and who is safe or who is out, peace is the ultimate arbitrator, is how we are communicating with one another within the bounds of peace. Would peace 
as the umpire, rule me out or safe. Rule us out or safe. You know, the practice of forgiveness, the practice of love, the practice of peace is not simple or easy. In fact, our ability to forgive, to love, is a reflection of our own experience of being loved and forgiven by our God. Let me tell you a story on, on Steve and me. Uh, I didn't tell him that I was going to share this this morning, so, you know, um, but he'll forgive me, right? He'll forgive me. Um, so several years when we were serving in another church setting, same as we do here, we celebrate communion every week. There, the servers would come up um, in front of the table and we would serve them and then we would, as they were walking to their stations, we would serve each other and then we would walk down to our stations. Now, it just so happens that that morning, right before church, we had gotten in a big argument, probably over something very trivial, but at the time, it seemed really important. We were trying to get young children and us out the door. Anybody have that experience? And we were very angry with one another. And then when we came to church, we were doing our, our thing and, and getting ready and then there we were, we found ourselves in front of the table, serving everyone else, and then turning to each other to serve each other. And we looked into each other's eyes, and standing there before the table, all of that anger, all of that frustration, all of that hurt just washes away. Because how can we not forgive one another when we are standing at the table which is the embodiment of God's love and sacrifice and forgiveness for us? Why do we forgive? Verse 14 says, if anyone has complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Because how we deal with differences and how we deal with conflict is an indication of the depth of our faith and the spiritual maturity of us as a community of faith. You know, I'm so grateful to serve here with you, Trinity, a place where we are allowed to have differences of opinion and differences of understanding, and yet we continue to love one another. We continue to forgive one another, because we don't always get it right, but we continue to forgive. And we let the peace of Christ be the umpire in our hearts, and thus draw us together as a redemptive community. And that, my friends, is a courageous witness in our community. When we can do that as a congregation, then that is evident to the world, to our neighbors, to our community, to our coworkers. That's a courageous witness that we have for Jesus Christ. 
And so thank you. Thank you for being a people who love and who forgive and who care for one another across any lines or, or walls that might be erected. You know, at the end of, of this section of scripture, um, the author closes this way, saying, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or action, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God through him. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the peace of Christ dwell in us. Let's pray. All ye who are of tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. God, you call us to live lives of love and peace and forgiveness to make it a habit so we form muscle memory day by day, step by step, moment by moment. So, oh God, forgive us. Forgive us when we completely miss the mark and help us to seek again to be a loving community. May the peace of Christ umpire our every move as we continue to be a witness to our friends and neighbors and in this community. Oh God, we thank you for the gift of your sacrifice and love and forgiveness for each one of us. And we pray that the peace of Christ will dwell within us. Amen.